Aloha, party people. You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 185. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. On this episode, we chat with Randy Tarlow, founder of Liquid Alchemist, makers of premium cocktail products. Learn about Randy's path from bartending in Europe and Australia to founding and operating his very own brand of premium craft cocktail syrups. And joining us with a cameo is Liquid Alchemist's very own Captain Pineapples, alter ego of hospitality veteran, Robbie Gregg. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider helping us with your support during this challenging time. Stop by DesertOasisRoom.com to check out our merch or leave us a tip. We've got tiki mugs, t-shirts, and pendants available right now. And also for December 2020, we are offering 30% off all orders at liquid-alchemist.com. Enter code POLYPOP2020 to get hooked up with 30% off. This offer is unlimited, so order as much as you want, as many times as you want. Again, this offer is good until the end of the year. Get that discount. Alrighty, let's get into this. Grab a cocktail and join us inside the Desert Oasis Room. And give it up for our friends, Randy Tarlow, and as Captain Pineapples, Robbie Gregg. Whatever you would like to do. Uh, so talk. I'm rolling already. Oh, you are? Yeah. This whole time? Uh, we haven't formally started, but I mean, you know, this is for the podcast. Okay. I like to just kind of start rolling so that... Yeah, let's do it. We capture uh, some more... Cool, cool, the, cool, uh, cool, 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 cool. Impromptu conversation. So with that said... Yeah. Thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. This place is amazing. I mean... Thank you. I, I got to tell you, if, if this were in my house, don't think I would leave. Well, you know, I do everything in here. I do all my business calls in here. I, I do my podcast in here. I do my stupid Instagram videos in here. I nap in here. Uh, but yeah, it's a cool place to, you know, everybody loves escapism in their own way, right? Yep. So whether that is going golfing, going surfing, making cocktails, other things that they do to escape, but this is my escape. What I'm all about escapism. So... I always like to find the history of the people that I know, and Liquid Alchemist is something that I find interesting because 
you guys just seemingly kind of came out of nowhere. You know, it was just like this, this uh, meteoric rise. And I'm curious how all of this got started, but I want to start with where you came from first. What's, yeah. your, what's your background? Were you mm -hmm. a bartender guy? Service industry lifer. Started okay. when I was uh, 13 years old, sweeping floors and washing dishes in a deli in New Jersey, rural New Jersey. Um, moved out to L.A. in okay. 2007 after doing a brief stint overseas. Um, it's kind of where I learned to pick up the, the master level bartending is working in Europe. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's where I really started focusing on the craft. I had bartended in New York City, in New, in New Jersey, white tablecloth restaurants, clubs uh, to get through college. But I really took some time after college living in Europe, working in a bar there um, to really dive into the craft. How different is it in Europe as it is here in the States? Mm. Well, at that time, I mean, mind you, this is the, this is the early 2000s. I'm dating myself. Um, but uh, we were still doing things like sour mix in America. Uh -huh. uh, we, weren't, we weren't fresh juicing our juices, you know. Um, we started working in some fruits and we were crushing and muddling and that was about as that was about as, as awesome as it got. Uh, syrups really didn't exist. Uh, we didn't really use them yeah. like we do in the yeah. bar today. Um, when I went to Europe, I found that it was very much the opposite, where they were building cocktails from scratch using natural ingredients. They were fresh juicing. I hadn't seen this before. I worked in a high-volume club. I worked in fine restaurants, sour mix, flavored vodka, Everything was called a martini. Yeah. Uh, when I went to Europe, I had to learn how to, to really create cocktails from scratch. The word cocktail itself um, got defined in my brain um, by my experience in Europe. So was it really like a culture shock kind of thing? Or were you just too new? So it was. It wasn't that you were too new to not know and you just kind of did what they told you to do. Well, at, you know, at age 23, I was an awesome bartender, right. <laughs> naturally, working in clubs in New York City, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, making tons of money, putting myself through college. And then you get into a small cocktail bar in Berlin, you know, and somebody asks for a Long Island iced tea, which is funny. But at the same time, you're looking for the sour mix. Oh, and you say, yeah. wait, what? They're like, no, you got to use fresh sours. And you're like, so wait, what does that mean? That's when you have the aha moment and realize, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I got a lot to learn. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That must have been an, an eye-opener for you. It sounds to me, then, that the craft cocktail movement got its start over there, then, and then worked its way over here. Absolutely. Um, I would say craft cocktails would have originated um, in places like London, specifically, and the cocktail bar okay. scene there, and tons of books. Yeah, you know about yeah. that you see the history but then of course there was cocktail movement in america too jerry thomas and you know, one of the godfathers of cocktails but i would say probably the draw with regards to craft cocktails i would i would probably give credit more to um to europe for that for for kind of the the cocktail renaissance okay so as a person that's not as versed in the bar industry as someone like yourself Forgive me if I ask you stupid questions, but I'm curious how much of the Prohibition era 
influenced the cocktail scene in Europe or did it at all? Well, it's a complicated answer because you have to figure out first what the spirit that is being consumed is. And in Europe, it's predominantly gin and brandy. Right. Right. Over in America, right, they're Whiskies. drinking they're they're drinking American whiskey. Yeah. Um, gin, of course, mm-hmm. brandy, of course. Mm-hmm. But at this time, the American whiskey is not being exported easily okay. over to Europe like it is today. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're getting they're getting, you know, American whiskey over there. But what happens now with prohibition is it becomes scarce and it becomes valuable. Yeah. You know, but I'm curious how they were even affected at all by prohibition in America. I don't I don't think that they would have been too affected unless I I don't think so either. The the American whiskey at that time is is valuable in Europe. Um, It's it's a sought after product and it's becoming valuable because it's scarce. So with 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 Europe, um, you know, you got, you know, scotch whiskey. Yeah. Right. You got brandy. Yeah. Whether we're Spanish or, or however you want to make it, it's easy. Uh, and you got gin, of course. Predominantly, you know, United Kingdom drinks gin, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got rum, right? So this is this is where rum, I think, is like, and this is why I love tiki so much, is rum is kind of like the glue that binds the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to think yeah. about it like that. Yeah, that, that's that's a great observation. Yeah, because uh, I look at like like the history of rum here in America. It's different, obviously. I mean, the way that I understand it is that it was the go-to spirit after Prohibition simply because it was the least expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the whole story behind that with, you know, I mean, like we—that's—that's we, that's a deep dive. We can get yeah. really into that, that yeah. like nerd-like, but we're not—we're not, we're not going to go to that at, at this level. What I'm more curious about now is, so you're in Europe, you come back to the oh. states, you're working in bars here. After that, I assume, and then you find your way to doing Liquid Alchemist. Mm, so mm-hmm, tell mm-hmm, us about that mm-hmm, path. Mm-hmm. Mm, so the path to enlightenment. The path to enlightenment. <laughs> Syrup enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. This is kind of like the formidable years, I suppose. Um, so when I got to, to uh, when I came to America, yeah. after having been in Europe for, for three years, in Australia for a year, um, I was bartending in a dive bar on the Sunset Strip. Rock okay. and roll area, super cool. Just making beers and Jaeger bombs. Yeah, and I was yeah. loving it. I was I was so happy. I took whatever job I can get. I had a friend that managed the bar. You got a Sunday lunch shift. Twelve grand in debt. I got no money. I basically came back to America with two suitcases and a guitar. All right. Um, what I did was uh, happened to win an international competition. Oh, really? Yeah, called the Cocktail World Cup. Oh, man. Where I competed on a global level against other countries. Wow. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So it was um, 42 Below Vodka, okay. which was owned by Bacardi, put this on. And it was a, it was a massive global yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah. They had, I think, five years of it. I won one year, and I got a chance to go compete on, on a world-class level. Um, and I, as a result, ended up working for Bacardi. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. Dude, I, I seem to know so many people that go through their doors, like even today. There are a lot of people. It's a bit. It's, it's a. It's 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 pretty awesome. And Bacardi's a great brand. You know, I mean, they have. They have so many spirits under their portfolio, um, and that's kind of where it got me out of the bar and learning about the right. business side of what we do. So from, you know, getting out from behind the bar making drinks to now selling things to the bar. What was the learning curve like for that? That was huge. Yeah. Going from making tons of money, you know, behind the bar working four days a week to... You know, now having to send emails and be organized and things like that. I thought and about that. So now because like, oh my god, position and yeah, it, it was it was a very very challenging learning curve. Um, but um, there was other brands that I worked for as well. Okay. Um, but like at the same time, what I did is I was doing private events, and I was consulting on bar programs. So you were still bartending, also. Yep. yep. So I kind of like divided time. You know, you don't just put you know. At that point, 15, 15, what, 15 years, 15 years in a service industry and just jump out at it. Yeah. I still was bartending, doing shifts and private events and working on bar programs, yeah. right? So I jump into corporate life and uh, I'm also making syrups in my kitchen at this point for bar programs and for private events. Okay. Right. So I got like kind of like a double life here. Yeah. 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 Fast forward years, like my. Side hustle becomes big enough where I'm able to take the plunge from corporate life to do my own thing. That's great. So yeah. when you started making the syrups, mm -hmm. was it out of a need for filling a gap? Like was it done out of necessity yep. or was it just something that mm -hmm. you said, you know what, I just want to make a better product so that I can serve a better cocktail? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's a great question. That's the ethos of my company. Um, so I mean, I'm, and I'm also paraphrasing years of, of, of yeah, work yeah. And, and planning and stuff, but, but that's exactly what happened. As I, I mentioned to you before, is that at this time, there was really no natural syrups that existed on the market. Yeah. This was the, the cocktail renaissance when we were starting to use things like mint and basil in cocktails sure, sure. and fresh squeezing juice. Yeah. And all of the syrups on the market were the usual suspects that we've been using for 30 years. Oh, finest call. Art, yep. <laughs> you got, you know, existing right now is a grenadine by Roses. Yeah. That is, it is what it is. It is it's what it is. Yeah, it's lime. horrible. The lime juice that we know is Roses lime juice, which I don't even, even know worse. what that is. Yeah. Finest call. Yeah. Right? You got... Uh, Monin, Tarani, a lot of a lot of these products are featuring corn syrup, artificial flavors and colors. Now I will say there is a, a place for them. I don't think that there's a place for them necessarily in the craft cocktail world, mm -hmm. but there's a place for them in places like TGI Fridays and Starbucks and that kind of thing. But you as a person that's coming from yep. craft cocktail background, winning craft cocktail awards, right? It's just not gonna be good enough. No, no, it's not. And and my vision is uh, I'm a healthy person in general, other than my uh, what sure. I do for a living. Right. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. it's a it's a little bit of a balance, but um, the food that I consume, my exercise, my daily routine is yeah. a healthy one. Yeah. And I don't consume any artificial products like the ones that were on on well, there you on, go. on on yeah. the market. So I wanted to create something that I would drink, sure. and that my friends would drink, and that I can I can 
create for a beverage program and justify a customer coming in spending $18 on a cocktail. Yeah. And so, you know, to your point, there's a place for everything. In every category that exists with consumer goods, there is different levels of yeah, them, all yeah. the way up to premium. Yeah. Look at spirits. You can buy gin in a you know almost a gallon size in sure. a plastic bottle for under ten dollars, or you could spend forty dollars for a gin. And what is the difference? Yeah. It's the ingredients and the production. Yeah. And the same is with anything. It's category premiumization. So I basically was kind of a pioneer on categorical premiumization of the syrups. But the thing is, I didn't do it full time to answer your question. Okay. So once I started kicking it into, into gear, realizing that, you know, for my life at that point, this is what I'm gonna do. Once I took the plunge, yeah. I went all in. That must have been a little nerve wracking maybe? Oh, it was it was painful. Yeah, you come from this world where you know, you just have to put in the hours and you'll make the money. But now you're going to become a small business yep. and you can only depend on yourself. And then nice. now you've got the hustle, right? You've got this hustle factor, which is completely different from before. The hustle factor was for tips and customer service. Now the hustle factor is to pay your rent, right? It's a little bit different now, or maybe yep. a lot different. Yep. What was that experience like was it uh, was there a huge learning curve there well, and what were the gotchas oh. along the way like what, what were the things that maybe that you didn't expect or didn't account for that kind of took you by surprise yep. so a as a bartender you know as a service industry person um i i've done everything myself i never i come from very humble beginnings uh my parents are just they're lovely wonderful supportive people but you know i didn't i didn't have business training yeah. I didn't. I didn't have a chance to go to a business school to be able to get into entrepreneurship. I have tenacity and hustle, yeah. and that's what I have going for me. And you know, there's a philosopher that I follow um, called Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, that writes yeah, a book yeah. called The Malcolm Tipping Point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And basically, what it is is, in order to be an expert or a professional in something, right, you reach the tipping point of doing something for ten thousand hours. hours. Yeah. Okay. I've done that over and over and over past that. Yeah. But that's exactly what I did, is I just tinkered and tinkered and did something that I was passionate about and did it until eventually I became good at it and my product was good enough to sell. And you know, you talk about the learning curve, I made so many mistakes sure. in the path of figuring out what works. Sure. And today, you probably still are. I mean, like I've been doing this. This is my fifth year doing this podcast. I do this as my full-time job. I'm close to 200 episodes. I've got videos, and I've got the whole thing going. The show just got picked up, by the way, for... I'm not going to say the TV network, but it got picked up for TV. And Congratulations. Doing a lot of, and, and we're going to hopefully get you on that as well. And the thing is that, like, I'm, I still feel like a beginner myself. I am still making all of these mistakes, like all these technical issues we're having today, right? That's part of the game. You know, we're always learning. Yes. And we're, we're just always on that journey. Um, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, cheers. Ooh. Cheers. Cheers, my dear. So what I love about Liquid Alchemist you had made a post one time about check out our ingredients. 
and it was cane sugar, yep. and it was whatever the, the flavor of fruit was, syrup, or I'm sorry, sugar, water, mm-hmm. and that's basically it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, wow, so really like being transparent with like, look at our label, all of our products are natural, yep. right? Yep. It's gotta be challenging because you know, some of these bars, they want to use the shelf-stable stuff because, you know, from a business perspective, right, they, want, they don't want to have some, they want to minimize their waste. So is there a challenge there? Or are, are they saying, like, you know what, it, it's, it's worth it because it's all natural and this is a product that doesn't have any of those artificial chemicals in it? Yeah, so from a, from a sales perspective, right, anything when we talk about premiumization, how do you sell a $45 bottle of vodka when a customer can go and purchase a wholesale bottle for $9. And it tastes about the same, let's just be honest, you know, when you're mixing it with... with well, to the average stuff, person, right? sure. I mean, like, right. you know, the guys like you and me that have right. a more re- refined palate, the average person is not going to care. Now, here's here's the thing. Here's, here's, where, here's where it comes in, right? Is when you as a business operator, which is a bar owner are serving something to a guest. You have to make a decision of what the product that's in that glass is. Sure. What's it going to be? Right. What's the guest experience? Because at the end of the day, you could serve anything you want in that glass. And if you have a great atmosphere, like you can get away with it. You maybe, can get away maybe. with it. Yeah. But once it comes down to it, you have to be able to justify what's in that glass. So if let's say somebody like yourself who comes in or a professional food writer that's gonna start critiquing about what's yeah, in that glass. Yeah. What, what, what's gonna happen is, is you're either gonna get, you're gonna get put on the spotlight and they're gonna say, well, why did you choose this? Or, oh, you're, you're charging a very fair price for this drink, so okay, it's fine. You know, guest realizes they're spending $6. What do you think you're gonna get for six bucks? Versus coming in and saying, hey, you know, you're charging $16 for this drink, you're making a lot of money on that from a from a margin standpoint, and in a way, it's kind of taking advantage of the customer. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that I look at things. Sure, so I see that too. With my syrups specifically, is I position them as a look. What are you putting in that glass? And what is the vodka? What is the ice? What is the syrup? What's the fruit? What's what's the all the components of this cocktail, right? And then what are you charging? Is it fair? So when, to answer your question, to make when I when I come upon a situation where somebody is like, you know, uh, for our seven fifty milliliters, for example, they wholesale around anywhere from, you know, twenty bucks to retail up to like twenty seven. It depends on how they go. Somebody's like, what? That much for a syrup? I can buy, you know, I can buy finest call for eight dollars. Why on earth? Sure. But like, yeah, what do you drink at home? You're like, well, I drink Pappy Van Winkle. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, in that case, like, let's ask you a question. What what do you drink? And moreover, where do you shop for your groceries? Yeah. Well, I only go to Whole Foods. I buy organic. Right, okay, right. well, look at what you're serving right, right now. Right. Yeah. That's, so that's where it comes into. There's that. And the other thing, too, is I think, and maybe I'm speaking for myself on this, but, you know, my name is on it. Yeah, as a business owner, that's how I feel. Yeah, if your name is on it, right? So you want to, at least like for me, 
you want to put forward your best your best product or whatever it is that you're putting forward that your reputation is huge right that's that's not something that can be a lot of times it's very hard to repair your reputation because people remember that first impression yep. so if you're putting out an inferior product even if you improve that product down the road they're still going to remember oh liquid alchemist you know what yep. i mean like so so there's there's that factor as well mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. and and you know i've always known your brand as something as premium so mm -hmm. yes thank you yeah well yeah, my 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 show pony is definitely the orjat that's kind of what yeah. made my company um i i was um I was creating these in the kitchen, and the orgeat is a very challenging syrup to make. And in the world of tiki, um, it's an essential sure. ingredient. Yeah. Right? Um, so once I was able to perfect my recipe, um, I think that's really where the company started growing and taking off. And so, you know, your your question before was like, you know, you guys just came out of almost nowhere, right? Yeah. The reason why we come out of nowhere is that I, like you said, I. I keep a level of of excellence sure before i release anything sure. i've spent years r&ding recipes before i release them i have probably another i think 15 to 16 flavors that are currently not on the market oh really absolutely wow i will not release things wow unless i deem them as as excellent so Where's the tasting lab? That's what I want to know. <laughs> tasting, tasting lab is my kitchen. Absolutely, and you're welcome anytime. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going to take you up on that. Because, you should. Because I, I always love getting a peek behind the curtain mm -hmm. and seeing what, what the wizard's doing. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. So I, I have an obscure question for you. Yeah, do, do people cook with these at all? Do they oh, do, they do yeah. like uh, pastries or anything like that? So the, Absolutely. We have 11 flavors right now. Yeah. And... Um, each flavor has a culinary use. Okay. Um, multiple culinary uses. I mean, I'll just name a couple. For example, in salad dressings, I like what, to a use salad dressing. Salad dressings. I use the raspberry. I use the pomegranate grenadine. Ah, yeah. I use the prickly pear. I use the passion fruit for that too. Actually. There you go. Passion fruit. I have with some olive oil. Very mm -hmm. nice. Okay. All right. Um, prickly pear, for example. Good for reductions and stir fries and marinades. Yeah. Um, the tamarind, stir fry all day. The coconut, making curries, putting it over acai bowls, desserts, apple spice all over it. Oh, I love Orgeat, it. coconut, strawberry. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they have a lot of uses. So we're in Ralph's. Yeah. We're in pavilions, in Vons, in some Whole Foods. And... We have people that, you know, hit us up on the website. They're like, hey, just so you know, you know, I bought your ginger from, you know, pavilions and I use it in, you know, in, in, in a Cornish hen reduction. I just thought you should know. You're like, so I'm going to play around with this because we have some dishes from my country. I was born in the Philippines. I grew up in Southern California, but, you know, Filipino food uses ginger. So I'm going to try this ginger with some of the recipes that I make, and, and mm -hmm. I'm sure it's just going to make that stuff pop. So uh, for our listeners, yep. I want to tell everybody right now that for the month of December, you were generous enough to set up a discount code for our listeners 
Polypop 2020. Our friend Randy here is going to hook you up 30% off for the whole month. Actually, until the end of the year, unlimited. Order as much as you want. Order uh, as many times as you want. If you want to order every day and take advantage of that discount, do it. You've got Christmas gifts. You've got Christmas parties. You've got New Year's Eve. Do it. Take advantage of that discount until the end of the year. Randy's going to hook you up 30% off. Absolutely. For the rest of the year. For the rest of the year. Yep. And, it just, you know, look, if, if you're making drinks at home, stock up. You know, uh, we don't know what's going to happen after the new year. The world might blow up. <laughs> oh. ah. <laughs> Drink through it. Drink through it. In, in our, um, you know, on our site, uh, we have three sizes for our products. We have a 750 milliliter, um, a 375 milliliter, and a 150 ml. And we also have some other cool stuff. Uh, you can get our, our apparel. Uh, we have some cool t-shirts, hats, things like that, stickers. Uh, we have this I Heart My Tie shirt. Oh, which, I love it. Yeah, which this is a big, um, this is a big hit at Tiki Oasis. Um, and uh, that stuff is, is, is all on the site. And we also have really cool recipes. So one thing that we do at Liquid Alchemist is we're all about um, education. Okay. So I teach... Um, the USBG conferences, I teach at Tiki Oasis and other festivals. Um, and we love to get involved with all things cocktail. And we have recipes on our website and also our Instagram. We love to see what people are doing around the country with our products. And whenever somebody posts us on Instagram, we're very good about reposting and, and, very cool. and giving props out very there. Cool. We love the support. Um, we're ingrained in the cocktail community, the bartender community, the service industry. But, you know, people right now are at home um, who maybe never done a day in their life behind the bar. Doesn't mean that, you know, they don't know how to make wonderful cocktails. Yeah. And I've seen some really, really good home bartenders whip up some awesome cocktails with our products. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm not going to wrap up just yet. Because I believe we're going to have a visit with Captain Pineapples. Yeah, we're we're going to go um, we're going to go visit Captain Pineapples. I don't know where he's at. I think he's landed his barge somewhere. Uh, All right, I'm not really sure. So we're going to put the coconut wire out to Captain Pineapples, and we're going to see if we can get him here uh, in a second. All right, so let's give this a shot. Ahoy, sailors! It's Captain Pineapples with Liquid Alchemist. How's life on the high seas right now? It's it, the tides are pretty rough. I, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> but, but if I can avoid uh, all the rogue waves, everything's gonna be just fine. Well, the last time I saw you, you weren't exactly as dry as you are right now, so. That's true. I, I, I have, a, uh, I have a, 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 a history with the rogue waves. It's, it's not pleasant, but it happened. It happens to the best of us. I have a question for you, Captain Pineapples. Let me start by asking you, what is your favorite cocktail made with the Liquid Alchemist brand? Ooh, you know what? That's an easy one for me. It's the painkiller, because... Oh, painkiller, pain yeah, that's that's a great one. So that's actually, that's, that's great for this time of year, because after Thanksgiving, I think I'm all done with the apple spice and the pumpkin and stuff. I, I'm ready for another summer drink. 
Let's do it. Yeah, you know all what? right, cool. So can you make one for us? Are you, Absolutely. Are you I'm park? halfway to the Oasis, so I'll just park this boat in this harbor around <laughs> there right now. I'm going to get back in the cabin, make, make a drink here. All awesome, right. okay. All right, cool. Little, uh, you like little tiki bar in my little cabin? I love it. I love it. Right. Well, let's do this then. So, all right. So I, I had a blood orange juice. So I'm gonna do an ounce of that. Oh, okay. So blood oranges. Blood oranges are. Is that your go-to for the painkiller? No, typically navel. <laughs> Innies or outies? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, always innies. Right. Never outies. <laughs> um, typically navel, and not because it's a nautical fruit, but because okay. it's the sweetest of oranges. I just happen to have a blood orange, that'd be fun. Very cool. And of course, uh, Liquid Alchemist Coconut. I love it. So we'll do an ounce of that. And two ounces of pineapple juice. I really like Dole because it's tree ripened. <laughs> Some of these kids like to juice fresh pineapples and more power to them. And I really like how frothy it gets. But if they're not ripe, they taste like nothing. I have, a, I have, a, I have a stupid question for you. What's that? Now, you might not have an answer to this, but I'm curious why pineapples don't come, come from pine trees. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> I wish they did, because then I could go outside and pick one right off the Ponderosa. And for it's, it's one of those stupid questions of life. Why do we park our cars in a carport and, and park our and drive our cars in a parkway? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> the many wonders of the world, Adrian. The many wonders. <laughs> oh. Or park our cars in a driveway and drive our cars in a parkway. There you go. That's how I screwed that one up. But there you go. But you get it, right? You get well, it. Right? You, know, you know it wouldn't be a painkiller if I wasn't using pussers. Oh, you got to use pussers. So we're using pussers, just your standard Navy rum. Not, sorry, not the Navy proof, not the gunpowder proof. This is just the standard uh, British Navy pussers, 42%. Navy, naval, naval rum, right? Since yeah. we're using naval oranges. Oh, no, we're using blood oranges. Oh, yeah, but use naval oranges, folks. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Quick little shake over crushed ice. Like to put in my hurricane glass. Oh, there you go. What's the correct glass for a painkiller? Is it typically a hurricane? Sometimes I see it in a giant snifter. I think it's whatever you think is awesome. Okay. I've always put it in a hurricane. We're cute. All right. So I just top. I love your eyes, by the way, Captain Pineapples, because we have ghetto ice here at the <laughs> Desert Oasis room. That's what I. That's what I call it, right? It's it's the. Uh, it's usually the ice that's on sale. You get like two bags for for the price of one. Oh sure. <laughs> that's what this ice is. So <laughs> I got a little mint because that's important in there, and uh, got my little B-Rex swizzle. Oh, very Ooh. nice. BRX is a friend of the podcast. I love it. How cool is that? That, that looks so good. That and looks then, so then, good. Um, very important that a painkiller gets nutmeg. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh look, yeah. fresh nutmeg. And because I love cinnamon on there too, why not? You know. There you go. 
And you know, if you wanna if you wanna up this thing even more, make it a little more holiday, give it a little holiday punch. You can add a little bar spoon of uh, allspice jam, something. It's just like concentrated Christmas. Now, I've never had a painkiller with allspice in it, so this that's that's something different. Yeah, so it's like I said, it's not necessarily not traditional, but uh, because it's wow, because it's near the holidays. You know, we can go I ahead and do it. that, but either way, painkiller is delicious with or without it. Very nice. And then, you know, I got my little bamboo straws in here. Very good. All right, so now that, now that you have a drink, I have some fun questions for you. You want to play a game with us? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. I call this game three questions. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Hit me with it. Animals. Here's the first one. If you could spend time with any person dead or alive, real or fictitious, who would you choose? Okay, well, let's see here. I, I would have to say, I would have to say Ben Franklin, and, and here's why. Okay. I think Ben Franklin was a really cool dude. He's, he's like, there's like so much, um, there's, there's so much history, you know, he, he's not only a politician, but uh, an ambassador, a publisher, <laughs> here he is with some, you know, like ambassador, you know, like, like myself. It's not the wig, dude. It'd be the wig. It's either, for me, it'd be the wig or the coat. I mean, the wig's pretty badass. Or the ruffles. But I like the coat and the rough, absolutely. But you know yeah. what else? He, yeah. he was also a musician. He made the glass. <laughs> I mean, how awesome is that? That's awesome. It's so yeah. awesome. I just think that, uh, you know, Ben Ben Franklin would be fun to party with. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I love yeah. it. I love it. So I, I, you go by Benny with, with, with Ben, I bet, right? Is he Benny? Benny? Sure, yeah, why that, not? That's the homeboy name? The homeboy name is Benny, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So we're going to call him Benny. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, are we ready for question two? Hit me with it. All right, question two. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, you know, I have, I, I've had a couple very big pet peeves. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first pet peeve I had was, um, he <laughs> would, <laughs> it was, it was big peevey. Oh, so, um, he, <laughs> that's a big, unfortunately, pet. you know what? Um, rest in peace, pet peevey, because oh. he, he gorged himself to death on the chum bucket. Did we pour one out for the homie? Do we need to pour one, pour one out for the homie? Pour one out yeah. for the homie? <laughs> yeah, he, he, you know, they say you are what you eat, and uh, oh no, he was a fine chum, I will say that. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus, my second pet peeve. Okay, second pet uh, peeve. Um, I, I had to rename. Uh, it's, it's, it's the wandering albatross. It is a very large bird. I was bird watching, and we became what? great friends. And now he's my uh, he's my pet. So, oh my, my god, goodness! And I, I had to name him Peeve as well because that's just my he's my he's my pet Peeve. You know, pet oh. Peeve. All right, all right. <laughs> that his beak is pretty impressive. Cheers. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> the big bird. Question three. Are we ready for the question three? Shoot me. All right, question three. 
we all have something that we want to do before we kick the bucket. Yes, yes. We have many things sometimes on our bucket list. Yeah. What's on your bucket list? Okay, uh, my bucket list. Let's see here. We got, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got for starters, sea surface temperature measure buckets. All right? Okay. Very important. You need to know what temperature the surface of the ocean is, you know? When, when you're fishing, when you want to take a skinny dip, all those things. <laughs> you know, it's, it's important. Because you know, cold drinks thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was one. Swab the Swap deck bucket. Deck bucket. <laughs> that's important for making your, uh, your mates, uh, you know, clean the boat. Okay. Got to have that bucket. Uh, next chum bucket. Chum bucket. I was I was gonna ask if there's a chum bucket on there. Yeah, unfortunately, like, it brings back uh, sad memories of Big Peavy, but. <laughs> but it's an important bucket. Fire bucket, of course. Okay. Different shape, ten liter, round bottom, it's metal, tin. You know, you get it. It's important. Lord knows I've been on fire a few times. <laughs> um, and of course the champagne bucket because you can't have a party without a champagne bucket. That's right. That's right. Yeah. With ghetto ice. A champagne bucket filled with ghetto ice. <laughs> that's, how do, that's how we do it in the desert oasis room. It's always ghetto no, ice. No fresh ice in my champagne bucket. <laughs> <laughs> the ghetto ice. The ghetto ice. The ghetto ice. <laughs> Captain Pineapple. Cheers. Cheers. I love it, Captain Pineapple. All his glory. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining us inside the desert oasis room tonight for this aloha friday absolutely absolutely and you know what i gotta get back out to to see but uh you know okay. really good seeing you guys and um hope to see you soon and just like just like that you're back on the boat just like that oh yeah uh, I just <laughs> here we are again you know <laughs> gotta get back up you know, there's no rules about, like, drinking and boating, as far as I know, so. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the thing, though, right? I mean, you still have to be careful. Can yeah. you pull over somewhere to take a nap if you're falling asleep on the way home? Oh, yes, absolutely. I might I might take a, a nap um, under an ocean wave or something. <laughs> Captain Pineapples, you're usually, you're usually navigating a, a barge. When did you pick up a schooner? Yeah, you know, uh, sweet uh, Sally Sue Peach. Uh, I got a big hole in the bottom, so uh, <laughs> oh. had to, uh, oh. I, I, had, I had to borrow this one from my, my friend uh, Scott. We call him uh, Scooter Schooner, or Schooner Scooters, really. Was, 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 Scooter, okay. I got it. It's a nice upgrade. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate I, it. I love it. And I love that you have a painkiller cup holder right there, right, yeah. right in front. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So cool. Well, I appreciate you joining the podcast, Captain Pineapples. We're going to let you go back to the, wherever you're going, I guess the ocean. Yeah, so. I was on the way to the o Oasis. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll pop by, maybe crash. Oh, yeah, you're coming to the Oasis. Well, then come over. Come over. Randy's making drinks right now. That'd be perfect. I'm on my way. Yeah. Yeah. I've got an available slip right in front. There you go. <laughs> right here in right the desert. Right there. Right here in the desert. Perfect. <laughs> All right, cheers. All right, just as long as I don't get hit by any rogue waves or anything. All right. All right. Safe boating. Cheers. All right, well, we'll see you soon. All right. Oh, my God, there's a rogue wave.
legend. I love it. I love it. Oh, he, he, he usually finishes off with a rogue wave. All right. Which is a glass of water that somebody dumps in his face, whomever <laughs> that person is. Okay, folks. What do you think, Captain Pineapples? That's our homie right there. <laughs> Dude, legend. I feel like I was spun around like a hundred times and then just put in yeah. the middle of a room. Yeah. <laughs> that last episode uh, that we were working with him, I think he was off the coast of Mackay. Okay. And then I think he was he was he was kind of forging towards Honolulu. Yeah. And he hit some turbulent seas on his barge, and um, I heard that something happened where it got like. Uh, caught on a reef or something and ripped and it's kind of cool to see that he's got that schooner now because that thing's pretty badass you, hey can, man. you can make some waves on that liquid alchemist taking care of him the liquid alchemist paying the schooner bills <laughs> what you think he named it i hope so uh, I'm, I'm curious the, what that what that comes out to i don't know what it could be yeah yeah no he's 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 a legend that one yeah, I love yeah, rogue it. Rogue waves, though, he usually somehow always gets hit by one somehow. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, before we wrap, can I talk you into making us one more drink? I, I think I could. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah? I, I could bide. Yeah? yeah, let's do it. All right, yeah, so I let's do one should. more. And uh, while you do this, uh, let's let's find out uh, for our listeners if they want to buy these products. Yeah, yeah. So where can we send them? Okay, so go to www. People okay. still say that. Liquid-alchemist.com. Don't forget the dash. Liquid-alchemist.com. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. No HTTP, no backslash, no colons. Just liquidalchemist.com. And then you can find all of our products on our website. Uh, you can see all of our apparel and all the fun stuff we oh, have. Oh, you have apparel and all kinds of Oh, yeah. We have, we have the gear that looks kind of like cool. this. I heart my oh, time I love it. amongst yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can also find us on a little e-commerce site called Amazon. Okay. I don't know if anybody knows that. Yeah. But if, if you don't, it's Amazon.com, <laughs> HTTP, colon, backslash, backslash. Don't forget the www. Don't forget the www. Now, I think I can get this at some of the grocery stores locally yeah. here in Southern California, right? So let's yep. throw that out there, too. Yep. A uh, couple of grocery chains have us in California. It's Ralph's and Vaughn's and Pavilion's and Albertson's. Uh, you can get us some really cool local liquor stores Very like nice. Liquorama. Um, you can go to Mega Liquor if you're headed out to Palm Desert, High Times down in Orange County, Times, Mission yeah. Liquor in the Pasadena Glendale area, amongst others. Yeah. Okay, cool. Very oh. nice. I love it. Also, um, if everybody happens to be in the downtown area or in uh, Silver Lake, you can go to Barkeeper. And what's cool about Barkeeper is they not only sell Liquid Alchemist, but they sell all kinds of really cool vintage glassware, uh, some tiki gear. Um, and then cocktail tools and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. So support the podcast by supporting our sponsors. Let's support small businesses in this weird and challenging time. Please visit our friends at liquid-alchemist.com. Get your gear, get your syrups. And as I mentioned before, for the whole month of December, actually until the end of the year, enter Polypop 2020. And you will get 30% off your entire order. And that's unlimited because our friend Randy here wants to hook you up. Unlimited. You can order as much as you want, as many times as you want. Do it every day if you want. If you forget something, go back, use that, uh, that, that discount code again. You'll get the discount again. So uh, unlimited. Do it until the end of the year. Stock up on your stuff. Get your Christmas presents and, uh, and, and get your Liquid Alchemist. And I, and I guarantee that you are going to enjoy this product. So, all right. What are, we, what are we making? 
Okay, so um, I like to make cocktails that are not normally known or kind of forgotten, right? And this particular cocktail is called a Suffering Bastard. And it's a, um, it's a tiki cocktail, technically. And it calls for uh, gin. Very and nice. it's using bourbon gin whiskey. Bourbon. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty kind of faux pas tiki, but or yeah, is it? Yeah, so for all our tiki drinkers out there, tiki drink drinkers, bourbon and gin is not something that you see in a typical tiki mm -mm. drink. So. No. No, and this drink um, has got a cool history. Um, it dates back to the World War II time in Cairo, Egypt, where a barman created this originally with brandy and gin, and he created it for soldiers that were coming in um, on their rest time. And, uh, you know, he kind of, this is a cocktail for a suffering bastard, you know, and times were tough during the war. Yeah, yeah. And so they made this cocktail. Um, and it originally used ginger ale. Um, we use Liquid Alchemist ginger syrup, and we add a little bit of club soda, and we're basically making a ginger beer, especially. Yeah, yeah. Ginger beer. So, yeah. so I'm gonna make it for you guys. Yeah. All right, cool. So check this out, it's All really right, so easy to go. make too. Okay, go. so you're taking um, lime juice. Okay. So if you could imagine, the recipe is really easy. One ounce, one ounce, one ounce, one ounce, and some dashes. But the first is uh, one ounce of fresh lime juice. Find yourself a nice juicy victim lime and juice it and enjoy it. Um, fresh then, juice, people. Fresh juice. Fresh juice. Uh, you want to do bitters. Um, back to the one. Just one dash suffices. Hefty dash. In this case, we're using the Fee Brothers Whiskey Barrel Bitters. Uh, and then we use the Liquid Alchemist Ginger Syrup. So this is just fresh pressed ginger juice and cane sugar to make this. So what basically what we're doing is we're kind of like deconstructing a ginger beer, if you will, oh, making it from scratch. I love but it. But this is great also in a number of cocktails, mules, penicillins, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love ginger, especially for the holidays. Um, and then uh, we have our gin. Uh, I've chosen to use a local gin, um, Los Angeles-based product called Mulholland. Mulholland's cool. They have whiskeys as well. I love this gin. It's got notes of... Cucumber, a little bit of um, rose infused yeah. in there as well. It's kind of like got some elements similar to a Hendrix. I just love supporting local businesses whenever. Uh, this is a great product, great representation as well. They're friends, and so nice. we love to support them. Yep. Yeah. So Mulholland Gin, one Mulholland ounce. Mulholland Gin. And then uh, this is a cool product. Um, this is Duke Bourbon, okay? And it kind of talks about the history of John Wayne and that he was working on a recipe before Oh, so this is Duke John Wayne Duke. Yeah. So when I saw Duke, Duke, I thought of Duke Kahanamoku, <laughs> the famous Hawaiian surfer. That would make sense in this case because we're making a tiki cocktail. Sure. Let's That's say that, let's say guy. that I planned that. Was that. Thought. Okay. <laughs> so that was my first thought. No, it's okay. We can... We can the, 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 the father of surfing... We can say that that's John Wayne's too. Right? Godfather of surfing. Okay. Slash godfather of silver screen cowboy. Cowboy movies. Sorry. Right. Okay. But this particular one is the Duke in, uh, in John Wayne kind of was working on this recipe before he passed. And years later, they uncovered the recipe. And they, uh, so the story goes that okay. they try to recreate the mash to, to go off of what his idea was. Okay. But uh, anyway, I think John Wayne is a pretty cool dude. And it's yeah. fun to use yeah. uh, this bourbon in this cocktail. Yeah. So originally, as I mentioned, the recipe back in the 40s called for brandy because when you were overseas in Egypt, 
Uh, you really didn't get American experience like that, you know, especially, you know, bourbon whiskey. Yeah. So brandy was, was common at that point. So the drink was originally made with brandy. But as things have evolved and when Beachbone Berry kind of brought this back to life, right. uh, he used um, American whiskey in it. So have you had it with brandy? I have. It's also delicious. Okay. How different is it? Um, you know, what I like about the, the bourbon, it puts a little punch in there. Okay. Kind of gives it a little... Because I like bourbon. I mean, I really like bourbon. And I love tasting it in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just curious, like, you know, if I'm a bourbon guy, would I enjoy the Suffering Bastard with brandy as much? Or is this version probably better for me? I think that uh, I personally like this with bourbon because I find that bourbon pairs exceptionally well with ginger. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's so that's a that's a that's a good argument for that. And that makes sense. So to answer your question, I would I would say give it a shot with bourbon okay. and gin, equal parts. Okay. So um, just putting some ice in this cool looking. So I have a story about this oh, yes, glass. Well, it's not like a long story, but this is a glass that was on the tables, for, and they, they were sent out for the guests, put out for the guests for our friend Kelly Merrill's wedding. Oh, when yes. Kelly and Katie got married, they had a different glass at every guest uh, place on the table. So this is from Kelly's wedding. And Beautiful. for those of you... That know our friend Kelly Merrill, or don't know our Kelly, our friend Kelly Merrill. He is uh, one of the bartenders, one of the skippers over at Trader Sam's mm. at the Disneyland Hotel, and uh, which is a tiki-ish adventure land kind of bar. So mm-hmm. that's so that's where that's from. So for this cocktail, we have one ounce of Duke bourbon. We have one ounce of Mulholland gin. We have one ounce of Liquid Alchemist ginger. We have one ounce of fresh lime juice. And we have, you guessed it, one dash of Hank of Bitters. And all we do is we just give this guy a good shake. Right? Not too much. You don't want to over dilute it. Okay. But now what we do is we add a little bit of soda water in there. Okay? So men, we're kind of making a ginger beer. So we just kind of layer this up. Boom. I love it. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So there's that. Very nice. Very nice. Top it off with a little bit more. Okay. You got to take a cool umbrella. I love this tall umbrella. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? There you go. Okay. And what uh, Suffering Bastard would be complete without the uh, Curse of the Kraken arm <laughs> up here. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. So we'll get that in there because umbrellas go very well with cracking arms, apparently. <laughs> and yeah, Only of the course, desert oasis. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and of course, you need a straw because it's good to drink things with straws. Awesome. Um, and then, so here, you have one suffering bastard. I love it. Simple, easy ingredients you can find almost anywhere. Um, enjoy. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So very I'm going to take this. Please do. All right. Very nice. Oh, thank goodness. Love it. <laughs> All right, party people. This is how we do it on a little Friday here inside the Desert Oasis room. My friend, Randy Tarlow. Thank you, Randy. Again, check him out. 
liquid-alchemist.com, enter polypop2020 to get hooked up with 30% off for the month of December. And until the next one, cheers and aloha. Yeah.